Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. Last week we um, were exploring the um, the notion that freedom is already here right now, that rather than thinking of something that we have to uh, work hard for and that maybe in due time, in months or years or lifetimes, somewhere out in the future, if we're fortunate enough, we can uh, come to some uh, true awakening that there's another way of viewing freedom and that is that um, it's already here, right here, right now, if we simply stop our manipulating, trying, struggling, straining, and can truly relax, relax deeply into um, opening up to this moment um, with no grasping, no aversion, and not identifying with our experience that there is in this moment freedom. And as I was trying to communicate, and that was a, a follow-up to an earlier talk I gave a few weeks before on that gradual paradigm, they're both true. It's not like one is true and the other one is, is not. They're both true. That in this moment, it's already here. And in the next moment, we can forget that it's already here. And then the next one we can forget, and the next one we can forget. And that part of the process, one one is fortunate enough to awaken to that um, imminent reality, that there is also a cultivation of um, abiding in that reality so that that is the place that one uh, more and more lives from. And that notion of uh, sudden awakening, gradual cultivation. A famous phrase from uh, uh, Mahayana Master Chinul. And that it's already here is really um, has to do with the fact that you're not around trying to make anything happen. So when you are stopping your um, intense, strong effort, that in that relaxation um, you open up to the reality as it is. Mm.
And we, we talked in terms of um, nibbana or nirvana as a, a term that's, that's used in, in Buddhism to talk about this freedom, the, this extinguishing, this putting out the fire of wanting, of craving. Uh, as uh, a term that's uh, that's used to point to this freedom that the Buddha said really was the 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 heartwood of his teaching that besides feeling the well-being of um, alignment with in our values and not causing harm to others and lots of different kinds of, of happiness that are possible. The, the deepest or the highest happiness is this opening up to um, this understanding, this awakening, nirvana, nibbana, uh, where that ceases, that craving ceases. And I don't think I mentioned it in uh, the last talk, but just want to, uh, I might have pointed to it a little bit, but want to um, underscore a couple of different approaches to this idea of the ceasing of suffering, Nibbana, what the third noble truth is pointing to. First noble truth, there's suffering. Second, there's a cause of suffering. Third noble truth, there is an end to suffering. That is Nibbana. And the fourth is the, the path, the Eightfold Path leading to that cessation. Uh, in some approaches to freedom, cessation means cessation of consciousness where um, consciousness is seen as something that is coming and going in each moment. There is an arising of consciousness and a, uh, a falling away of consciousness and going beyond consciousness, the cessation of consciousness uh, in some teachings um, is what the experience of Nibbana or Nirvana is about. Another approach, the Thai forest tradition particularly, uh, in, the, in the Theravadan lineage, but also uh, similarly in uh, a lot of uh, Zen and Tibetan approaches as well as uh, non-dual approaches that the cessation is not the cessation of consciousness but rather the cessation of defilements of mind the the stopping of greed hatred and delusion where the mind is free of those things but that there is awareness, that awareness, there is awareness within nirvana. So that's two different ways of thinking of cessation. 
One, you're not around at all. There's no awareness. Through your, you've gone beyond consciousness, cessation of consciousness. And the other where it's, there is awareness in Nibbana and you're, um, there's simply not greed, hatred, and delusion in mind, cessation of, of defilements. By the way, if you want to read more about this, uh, I highly recommend uh, Joseph Goldstein's book, One Dharma, as a beautiful and clear as Joseph usually is. He's my teacher, my main teacher. Really clear exposition of these, these two approaches that uh, he goes into in uh, much detail. Uh, did I lose you? Are you still with me to some extent? Okay. But the essence, whether or not it's the cessation of consciousness or cessation of defilements. The essence of the mind that's free is that even if there's awareness, we are, it is not referring to me and to my and the, the sense of I, there being an agent of this mind-body process, either that's making things happen or to whom things are happening. That is a, a key um, uh, sign of a free mind, that there is not, there's not this, you're seeing through the sense of self, actually, and I'll just, I'll read a, just a passage from one discourse that, that really clearly points this out. And this is the Buddha saying, um, any kind of, any kind of material form, whatever, whether past or present, internal or external, gross or subtle, inferior or superior, far or near, one sees all material form as it actually is with proper wisdom thus this is not mine this i am not this is not myself any kind of feeling or perception or formations or consciousness whatever those are the five skandhas form feeling perception mental formation and consciousness one sees them all with proper wisdom this is not mine this i am not this is not myself it is when one knows and sees thus that in regard to this body with its consciousness and all external signs there is no i making mind making or underlying tendency to conceit. This is the true wisdom. So that's the, the essence of it. <clears throat> now, last week when I said it's already here as a very um, uh, powerful perspective to open up to where you don't have to do anything what 
remains. And if you remember, we, we did that little big, uh, big mind uh, meditation at the end. How many people were here last week? You were here? Okay. Remember we did that, that big mind meditation where you were the, the space of awareness in which things were happening. Uh, the key is that um, the awareness is already here and it's not yours. It doesn't belong to you. It is shining through you, but it doesn't belong to you. You don't own that awareness. And as I, uh, just for those who weren't here, uh, and I'll just briefly point to this once again, um, just close your eyes and um, for a moment, uh, notice what's happening and you might tune into sounds, the sound of my voice, or subtle sounds in the room. Or you might notice something else, whether it's other than sound, you might notice sensations or whatever, but uh, sounds are a good one to, to tune into if, if there's enough going on. Now, as you become aware of sounds, try to not be aware. Try to turn the awareness off. See if you can stop being aware. In fact, I'll just support the sound meditation. No awareness now. Anybody not be aware of that? You can't, even if you try. Now you might say, well, it seems like I'm not aware a whole lot in my life. Yeah, as far as really being present and awake, but you're aware of something all the time. Even if it's you know, being lost in your thought, you're aware in that thought, except when you're in deep sleep. But other than that, consciousness, awareness is taking in reality all the time and is reacting whether or not you're trying to figure anything out. Where's that awareness coming from? Who knows? Pretty amazing though, isn't it? I mean, that we were imbued with this consciousness, this ability to know, not just 
ability to know and analyze this this aliveness that is continually connecting with reality. This is something that you can't take ownership of. You can, you could say, my awareness, you know, although it's kind of a mis misunderstanding. My awareness is better than your awareness. It's just awareness shining through. And the more you can tune into that amazing gift, that amazing, mysterious capacity that being alive um, gives to us, the more we, especially, and not take credit for it, the more we can um, see the whole show, the whole dance of our life in this field of awareness that's kind of like moving around the furniture and making interesting designs or, uh, you know, configurations, but it's all within the backdrop of awareness. And again, for, for those who weren't here last week, just the, that quick exercise that, that I did is uh, to remind you, you know, look at your hand in front of you, okay, open up your fingers, and what do you see? And if you were here last week, you remember, instead of seeing fingers, try seeing space with fingers in the That's the kind of perspective that we're talking about where the awareness is the field in which everything is happening all on its own. And when you shift from the objects, particularly say when you're meditating from noticing the breath or noticing a sound or noticing a sensation to notice the awareness that those different experiences are arising in. That's, that shift of figure and ground um, is a tremendously freeing because it's really tuning into, uh, some would say, the underlying reality of life moving through you or expressing itself, manifesting through you. I wanted to share, actually, a few wisdom teachings that really point to this perspective. So you see, this is not just me kind of spouting some, you know, groovy stuff. Um, this is uh, this is Eckhart Tolle. This is from a little collection, Stillness Speaks. When you look at a tree, you are aware of the tree. When you have a thought or a feeling, you are aware of that thought or feeling. When you have a pleasurable or painful experience, you are aware of that experience. 
These seem to be true and obvious statements, yet if you look at them very closely, you will find that in a subtle way, their very structure contains a fundamental illusion, an illusion that is unavoidable when you use language. Thought and language create an apparent duality and a separate person where there is none. The truth is, you are not somebody who is aware of the tree, the thought, feeling, or experience. You are the awareness or consciousness in and by which those things appear. As you go about your life, can you be aware of yourself as the awareness in which the entire content of your life unfolds? This is uh, Ramana Maharshi, one of the highest beings of the last few centuries. The reality which shines fully without misery and without a body, not only when the world is known, but also when the world is not known, is your real form. The radiance of consciousness bliss in the form of one awareness shining equally within and without is the supreme and blissful primal reality. Its form is silence, and it is declared by the wise to be the final unobstructable state of true knowledge. You are awareness. Awareness is another name for you. Since you are aware, there is no need, sorry, since you are awareness, there is no need to attain or cultivate it. All that you have to do is to give up being aware of other things. If one gives up being aware of them, then pure awareness alone remains. So to turn the attention onto the awareness itself. Not that you're not going to notice those other things. You know, like, like I said, you, you can't not hear the bell. And you don't have to try to not take in all of those contents, but to simply shift the, the reality onto the awareness that knows then we're not as caught in our stories, in our dramas, in our projections. We still live our life. It's the only one we have. You know, it's not like you can, you know, you still, it's still important. Stop on the red. <laughs> go on the green. You know, be kind to everybody around you. Uh, know the rules of the game. 
because this is the, the, the one game board that we're on, so it, it's very good to know the rules. But to see that it's just a game, that's where you can play more at your life instead of taking it quite as seriously, which makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, and sure, if you want to, to some extent, take your life seriously, but to another, it's just, it's just a movie, you know? Oh, this is the James Barra's movie today. Okay, drama, you know? <laughs> Horror show, you know? Comedy, you know, love story, you know, sunny day, whatever. It's the only, you know, the only show in town, so you certainly want to respect it and fully be here for it and be grateful for it because somebody else is writing the script and it's a pretty amazing script, but you don't have to take responsibility for writing the script. You can do your part to make it as good a script or as good an unfolding as possible. But when you let go of thinking that you're the scriptwriter and just relax into being life, expressing itself through you, there's a tremendous freedom that comes from that. So it's, it's kind of like seeing both realities. In, in the third Zen patriarch, uh, uh, one of my favorite uh, pieces of Dharma wisdom, it says, uh, to deny the reality of things is to miss their reality. To assert the emptiness of things is to, assert, is to miss their reality. You wanna both see how it's all empty and know your zip code, as Ramdas says, you know, just, okay, this is, this is how I live my life. Here's uh, one more. I read a little from uh, Anam Tupton's new book uh, last week. Uh, uh, I want to read a little bit more. This is a beautiful new book. I love it. Um, called The Magic of Awareness. He's so good. And he's been here a few times. And, um, and he has his sitting uh, group in Point Richmond uh, every other Sunday. He's there giving a talk. Again, not, not so different from the others, just a, a, another little way of expressing it. At the end of the spiritual road, there's nothing left to do. One simply rests in the natural ground of our existence, which can be called pure consciousness. All spiritual practices are just beautiful distractions if we're not finding this place in ourselves. It is not the subject of the intellectual mind. It is the most enlightened dimension of our being. It is not owned by any religious denomination. The very word pure consciousness is only an indicator for this nameless, vast, boundless light within each of us that is who we truly are. Yet it is not a thing to be identified with another better and holier version of self. For this reason, Buddha rejected every notion of self, including that of higher self, 
Once every form of self-identity dissolves, we are left with that which is inexpressible, vast, and beyond all limitations. Pure consciousness is not a meditative state. If it were a meditative state, it would be something contrived that is merely the effect of a cause. It goes beyond these experiences. We cannot describe pure consciousness in ordinary language because it is beyond any limiting terminology. It resides in each of us eternally from the moment we are born. That's why it's not the effect of a cause. When we look, we realize that most of the experiences we go through are produced by various causes and conditions, either external or internal. When we see that, we can be certain that we are having a momentary experience which has nothing to do with pure consciousness. So, this idea of tuning into who we really are and seeing that there's no agent behind the show and it's simply shining through can be something that we bring to our practice. That's when it kind of gets interesting. It's a lot when, like I'm going to be sitting with this uh, uh, Burmese teacher Utejaniya, it's a lot what he is he's saying. He says, just see, is there any, if there's any contraction, oh, there's some kind of solidification of self. But if it's just awareness shining through, then, um, then there's no identification with the experience. So, um, how about if we just kind of play around with this in our in our practice, okay? So, as you sit here, first, um, get a sense of your body sitting here. You can feel the sensations. Feel the body connecting with the ground or the chair. Notice the sounds. Notice the breath. And now tune into the awareness that's knowing. Just become aware of how things are known effortlessly, clearly, 
tune into the awareness that knows experience. Now the thing to keep in mind is you can't try really hard to tune into it. If you try hard, it just contracts the mind. So you've got to really relax. And rather than catching awareness directly, let it be something that you more sense shining through you. For a moment, see if you can look directly at awareness. See if you can catch it. Can awareness catch itself? What happens when you try to catch awareness? Is it anything that you can tangibly feel or see? Like we said last week, it's empty. It has no color or form. Yet it is. It exists. So rather than trying to look at it directly, just relax and be the awareness that's noticing things. like the sky, sounds passing through, appearing and disappearing, sensations like points of light in the sky. Thoughts like clouds floating through the vast expanse. Be the space of awareness in which everything is coming and going on its own. Relax and yet be wakeful, be interested.
and see, is this awareness yours? Does it belong to you? You can celebrate it, appreciate it, but let go of any ownership. Just notice how it feels to relax the doership or being responsible for anything that's floating through. Just the spaciousness of mind and heart. When you simply recognize that you are the field of awareness. You are the awareness in which life is expressing itself uniquely as you. When I ring the bell, let the sound be arising in the field of awareness. And when you're ready to open your eyes and come back into joining us, see if you can still have the perspective and the connection that simply is tuning into life as it moves through you, this awareness that shines through you. Questions, comments, observations. Um, I couldn't help tonight just being devil that devil's advocate and just thinking, isn't this all just neocortex? 
we're just cultivating that. That's what awareness is. We're just not turning off that part of our brain. The more we meditate, the more awareness we cultivate. Well, there's different, um, there's different ways to use the word awareness. So there's an awareness that is um, mindfulness, that is naming the experience, so breathing in, breathing out. That is a special kind of awareness that focuses and perceives and names and recognizes. But the awareness of the bigger awareness, the consciousness, is um, it can be experienced through the brain, but um, even beyond words, even beyond describing, even beyond a precise analysis, there's life that's moving through you. So the brain and our body is a vehicle, is the, is the machine that it moves through. But um, there might be another way to um, see that it's not just the body. In fact, if you relate to beyond the body, that this consciousness keeps going on even after this body is gone, neocortex or not. Um, I can't prove that to you. Um, and if that's where how you want to, how you hold it, this is not something that you have to believe, you know, because whatever is happening is happening whether we believe it or not. You know? But it is it's a it's a shift of perspective that creates a deep um, letting go of being the agent and the doer. So even if you say, yeah, it's just the neocortex and this body-mind process doing its thing, as long as it's not, oh, is Andrew figuring out things with his neocortex? You know, that's extra. And just even to celebrate the, the selfless nature of life as it expresses itself as, as Andrew. Anything else? Yeah, Julie. Yeah, I just, um, the thing that connected me most, most with awareness was my breath. That's like the thing that I could feel. And then, and then I almost felt like an, an empty space. Like with my breath, it was like the stream of, yeah, like emptiness in the middle of it. Not like a bad emptiness, but just like something that wasn't substantial. Cool. That's the way I can describe yeah. it. It's hard to describe. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's not like you disappear, but there's just space for everything. And emptiness, you know, sometimes is, is talked about really pointing to emptiness of self. That there's a space for it all. It's just doing its own thing. And I don't have to be on top of it. I, 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 the I can be removed for a few moments and 
isn't that peaceful? Isn't that, you know, it just kind of eliminates all the complication, you know, when I'm not around. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what we, that's why we, you know, we love to merge with reality where, where there's, you know, we're one with this, make me one with everything, you know, that one, you know, you're one with the, with, with the sunset or you're, you know, you lose yourself in the dance or you lose yourself in making love or you, uh, you can lose yourself in, um, in deep relaxation Whenever we can lose ourselves, it feels great, doesn't it? You know, you don't, it's, you want to really honor yourself. It's not that you're bad for being around, right? But those moments where you aren't around or having to make the whole show happen or keep the plates, you know, twirling, whatever, and just completely, deeply relax, and you're not around. And we do it every night when we, we, we are courageous enough and pray <laughs> that we can let go and just let sleep take us over. Isn't that, I mean, it's a darn good thing that that's part of the deal here, right? that finally you get a, a, a break from being you for a few hours. Oh, yeah, boy, that felt really good, didn't it, you know? Ah, oh, wow, I had seven hours of not being me. How wonderful, you know? So, this is just a, a, another way to play it. Yeah, less. Yeah. Well, I wish I did what you just described in my sleep, but I don't. And I hope that I'm doing my bardo now because my, my, I have nothing of that. And I think I bring everything of myself into my, into my dreams, mm -hmm. for sure. And in a very, yeah, in a very frightening way, very mm -hmm. dark way mm -hmm. often. Um, so I'm visiting that side. So it's not like that at all for mm -hmm. me. And sometimes I don't even want to go to bed mm -hmm. to face that. Mm -hmm. um, with respect to the mm -hmm. awareness, um, I, I find that it's just, well, it's, what my experience was, was that there was just more words that were confusing me. Mm. I mean, I've, if I can just sit and meditate and just watch my breath and then go about my life, uh, it's by the grace of God that the awareness sometimes hits me, or doesn't hit me, excuse me, it's just, it feels like a grace to have that awareness. It's nothing I can work at, nothing mm -hmm. I can put words to. But it's just, it's, it just is a very peaceful place, mm -hmm. uh, non-judgmental, because I'm really high on judgment. Um, so it's lovely, mm -hmm. but it's nothing that I work at. So I get, right, there's so many ways to, to describe the, the Eightfold Path and, mm -hmm. and, and et cetera, that I get just tied up in words sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes when I come to a place like this to sit, I end up walking home either pissed off, because it's a new thing I've got to get my head around, Mm -hmm. um, and all I wanted to do was disappear my mind. Mm -hmm. Well, I would say let go of all the words, let go of all the figuring out. Uh, the, the, there's many different ways to open up to this, and whether you call it grace 
or not trying to figure out. Uh, there's a line in the third Zen patriarch, stop talking and thinking, there's nothing you'll not be able to know. You know? So whether it's, however it is available to you, this is just, if it's useful for you, fabulous. If it's not, just leave it alone. Now, there's so many different ways. But the one thing I would encourage you, just as a, a way to play around with practice, is to um, love awareness. Not try to manufacture it hard. You don't have to manufacture it as happening anyway, but just love it. Or you can say love peace. Or love when it's here to not miss those moments where there's peace. And that awareness is really um, um, a doorway through. So whatever works for you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.